Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello, and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. Today's episode is an interview with Chris O'Keefe from Jar Audio. Jar Audio is a full-service branded podcast agency that creates branded podcasts for brands such as Lush, Royal Bank of Canada, Lululemon, and more. In this conversation, we'll discuss what goes into some of the top branded podcasts, the market research, the production, the content strategy, and so much more. Stay tuned, and here we go. Hi, Chris. How's it going? Norma Jean, thank you so much for having us. Well, me, uh, Jar Audio. <laughs> we are so excited. Me. We're so excited that you're here. We're so excited that Jar Audio is here with you. Um, so before we jump in, tell us a little bit about Jar Audio, the work you guys do, and how you got started in podcasting, because everybody's journey is a little bit different. Sure. So Jar Audio is a full-service branded podcast agency, uh, which means that we work with brands to build them custom branded podcasts. And we start at the very beginning with strategy. We go through uh, the, the creation of the show, building the show, the treatments, uh, hiring, the, uh, hiring the hosts, booking the guests, writing the scripts, working very closely with, with the brands to make sure that we're you know, getting the things done that we're trying to get done, uh, that they're trying to get done as a brand uh, strategically and serving you know, their comms goals and, and all that stuff and their audience goals. And then we have, after we produce the stuff, we have a, a full marketing team that then launches it and promotes it and reports on it. Um, so it's, it's, it's a traditional agency model, if anyone's familiar with, you know, just any sort of like traditional full service agency, except instead of making uh, creative campaigns or websites or, or commercials, we make podcasts. Amazing. So it's really an A to Z kind of company. Fantastic. Um, and how did you get started in podcasting? Because I think it's something where so many people jump into the industry and everybody has a bit of a different path. Yeah. For, for me, uh, a big entry point, I had dabbled in audio before, but at, at the core of everything I do, I'm a writer. And I, my writing partner and I, going way back to 2017, we, we had done a, a number of interesting creative projects. We had done a pitch for Marvel, for example, and we had done these things and often they would fall into like teleplay screenplay land. And with that stuff, you end up bumping up against gatekeepers sometimes, right? You're trying to get a, a huge budget greenlit. You're trying to get production partners or whatnot. So in 2018, we decided what our big creative project was going to be for the year. We landed on audio drama. We wanted to do a podcast largely because it was attainable. We, we thought if, if, you know, if we can make something good there, then we can control the publishing conditions and we won't need permission from a gatekeeper or, or a large publishing house. And so that was one of the things that we wanted to do. We wanted to work in audio. Another thing that we wanted to do as collaborative people is we wanted to work with a, a lot of other folks in the industry, but we didn't have a budget. So we created a project called Podcation, where the value proposition was, if you come spend a weekend with us, we are going to write, record, perform, and release an original audio drama. Um, and people really responded well. I think folks are 
very conscious not to get stuck in like a production limbo of something, right? Because sometimes things take 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, or, or maybe it never comes out at all. And so we had proven this sort of project-based learning workflow, uh, geeky methodology that was like, if, if we have all these hours, we can, we can produce, you know, a month's worth of work in a, in a weekend and people bought into it. And so we got all these industry folks from Vox and the ringer and Gimlet and at the time in, in 2018 to come spend a weekend with us. And we, we were able to do it. Um, from there, I, I helped, uh, launch and develop a show called Disgraceland, number one music podcast in the world. Um, and along the way, I've worked on uh, a number of things uh, in and out of the audio drama space, some creative nonfiction, um, and then some branded stuff as well. So I've, I've, I've dabbled in a lot, of, a lot of different things along the way, but I, I, I can definitely say I'm an audio professional and an industry veteran at this point. Absolutely. And it sounds like you know, with podcasting, because, you know, the medium is so new in relation to radio, television, all those other things, a lot of skills that you previously used differently are transferable. And so you are really able to apply them to podcasting, audio, scripted fiction, which is so much fun. And then also to use those talents for brands and to really help brands tell their stories. So, you know, it's pretty cool. And podcation really sounds like, a you know, a vacation, a production summer camp, you know, and an incubator. So that must have been such a fun experience. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about about branded podcasting. How does how does branded content differentiate from a hard sell? And how do storytelling and sales naturally go together with the work that you do? Yeah, great question. So in addition to having that while I was building this career in podcasting, I had had a, a parallel career that started off in copywriting in the agency world and then moved into more strategy and creative direction and really landed in content strategy and content marketing. Um, so I've got a demonstrated history of really believing in, in value-driven content, really um, going for telling, not selling, building relationships over the long term. You know, content marketing and a, and a good content strategy is no replacement for traditional paid, earned, and owned marketing. You need to have a robust mix of, of, of marketing approaches for sure. But storytelling is something completely different. If you can get an audience and you can get them to trust you and you can give them things that they want, and this goes beyond audio, it, it fits in audio storytelling, but it, if you can give them utility, you know, I always think of the, the glass door salary guide is like one of the gold standards of, of content marketing, right? Like people want to know how much they're worth. And if you, and you know, they'll, they'll give you their information to, for, for that utility. And then you've already started building a relationship with them. Um, so with, with storytelling, it's, it's the same thing. You know, if you can entertain or educate, if you can give folks a reason to tune in and not ask them for something, if, if you can, can, you know, continually deliver on that stuff without, hitting them with the hard sell, you have an audience. And that's different That's different than a customer, right? But yeah. with, with time, you can evolve some of that audience in, into customers. And um, it's getting easier and easier to tell the ROI story on that, right? It's not quite as easy as it is with like your SEM spend or something, which is always black and white, you know, spend X, get Y. Um, but th- as the tools are continuing to develop, it's getting easier to to uh, prove that, that ROI story, you know, seven years ago, it was very difficult to get anybody to wrap their head around 
content marketing. You know, what, what we're just going to do it. We're just going to make a zine or we're going to build a blog or we're going right. to an educational video series. Like we're trying to sell light bulbs or whatever. Um, and I think story, story driven audio is like a little bit behind that, right? Like it's, it's probably like three, like now everybody understands they need a content strategy and they need a chief content officer or, 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 you know, whatever it is. Like, like, it's just a, it's, it's a common thing that, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years ago wasn't. And now I think folks are really understanding that, oh, we need to, we need to have a pot, you know, we need to have a podcast. We need to have a storytelling platform of some kind, uh, and not always just podcasts, you know, it, it can be video, it can take different forms. Um, but the battle is being the, 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 the sort of battle for understanding. I feel like we've hit an inflection point and more people than not understand the value of audio storytelling yeah. uh, and telling not audio story selling. Has anyone ever said that? Did I just make that up? Audio I think audio, you made that up. That was audio pretty good. Telling not audio story selling. Absolutely. And I PM. think it's something where, you know, when you have a captive audience, there's a trust there, right? It's not, it's not an infomercial. You're saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is like you said, you know, you're not asking anything from them. It's almost like a gift. Right. And, and you do get something out of it, right? There is huge brand awareness. And, and this is why companies are moving more and more into branded podcasts because they're seeing results, but it's a long game which we'll yes. talk about a little bit later. Um, but I want to talk about some specific examples. So can you share, because you guys have done some incredible work at JAR Audio. Tell us uh, some of the branded podcasts that you've worked on. Yeah, so we've worked with, with big brands such as Expedia, and Amazon, T-Mobile, uh, Lush, the makeup company, um, which I always say, because you know I'm not a big makeup guy, but a lot of people <laughs> right. just know what I mean when, no, I, they're say, pretty when big. I say Lush. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Amex, um, and then a lot of regional stuff too. Like we're based out of Vancouver. So, so, you know, we work with also British Columbia Institute of Technology and the Port of Vancouver and, and mm -hmm. folks like that. Mm -hmm. And can you give us um, an example of maybe one of the shows that you've done that showcases a company's values in an entertaining way? Yeah. So for RBC, for Royal Bank of Canada, we have a, a show called Disruptors, which has really been a runaway hit. Um, and it's one of their SVPs, John Stackhouse, uh, is the host. And we're, we're able to really bring in thought leadership around the, um, their network, the RBC network, and the folks that they know, people that are transforming industries that are at a very, very high level. But we're not selling banking services, right? Or investment services or, or things like that. We're, we're really just educating them and, and getting folks exposed to people that you, that you other, you know, you otherwise wouldn't. Um, and, and like, it sounds so simple, but it, um, you know, if you can create something that people listen to on purpose, um, then it you've won. Right. And yeah. I, I think disruptors is a, is a absolute sterling example of that. Absolutely. And I think it's something where, you know, with disruptors, the idea there is that, you know, it's people who are disrupting an industry, right? Game changing almost in a lot of ways. And so people are going to associate that with RBC. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, you would think sometimes an established uh, financial institution might not want to embrace transformation or not want to embrace disruption, um, but in this case, RBC is is definitely putting their money where their mouth is and, and saying, yes, we, we, you know, guess what, guess what great storytelling isn't it's 
just talking about the way things are, right? The status quo. Um, there needs to be some sort of narrative thread. There needs to be some narrative tension. Whatever you're talking about, whether you're talking about fintech or uh, or hospitals or life sciences or paint, you still need to have some sort of narrative tension there. You can't just talk about the way things are. You need to. There needs to be a journey of discovery or a journey of energy transformation or or financial markets evolving or or something like that. You know, otherwise people will not listen to it on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, we've had we've had a lot of production folks, and we're really into branded podcasting here at Podbean. So um, I'm going to give a shout out to Annalisa Nielsen from uh, Pacific because she once said that you know it's really about the halo effect, right? Yes. It's something where you know having a value that you want to associate with your brand, and then focusing there. So when 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 you and the team are building shows, you know, what are some of the things you look for in terms of identifying values, and then and then you know bringing that tying that in with the brand? Well, it's different. It's different for each industry and for each client. And sometimes yeah. it's not apparent. We do a lot of discovery. You know, we mm. sit down at the beginning and we try not to have, I mean, it's impossible not to have any assumptions, but we try to really strip it down and not have assumptions about what we think this brand is about, or even what this industry is about. I think what we do with mobile diaries uh, for T-Mobile is a good example of that, right? I would have assumptions if you told me that, uh, you know, a major cellular carrier, mobile carrier is putting out a podcast. I would have assumptions about how boring that was going to be or how silly it was going to be. Right. Um, and instead, our, you know, the hosts, Shauna uh, Ryan, an amazing journalist, writer, Jason Adams, they are interrogating stuff like our relationships with our devices. And at what point isn't it healthy anymore? Right, the idea of, of mm. having um, sustainable relationships, not just you know, there's this there's this war uh, for eyeballs and for uh, the attention economy and stuff like that. And you would think that a major telecom company would be using a platform like this to get more eyeballs somewhere or to or or to get more more of that attention. Um, that every you know, it's kind of the digital uh, the the oil of like the digital century is like people's people's eyeballs and minds. Yeah, attention. attention. I love the way you phrase that in the attention economy. Yeah, and in, and instead, you know, it's it's a lot of like really thoughtful thought leadership about how what's the responsible way to to use mm -hmm. our devices. How much is is too much? When should we unplug? You know, um, it's not it's not just facilitating you know, more app downloads or, you know, more eyeballs on your screen and whatnot. So mm -hmm. I think, I think that's an example of when you do a healthy amount of inter interrogation and, and you don't make assumptions, you can actually find a thoughtful and elegant solution that is, you know, like exploring topics that are, that are very much of today and aren't, aren't just trying to like send somebody a coupon code to get like the new iPhone or whatever. Absolutely. And I, I think it's really interesting when you bring in the critical thinking aspect of it, right? Because if it's all positive or celebratory, you may not be able to connect on the value of trust. And so it sounds like it's really one of those things where if, you know, it, it, for this particular example with T-Mobile, like you're talking about, instead of, you know, vying for attention, they're able to really build trust with an audience by saying, you know, this is what's going on and, and how much do you actually need to spend on your device and what's not healthy. So I think in terms of, of in, instilling that trust in a brand, that's huge. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you can never get it back. Yeah. You know, you really, you really can't. And I've seen it in every industry and in every medium. If, if you cross that line into advertorial or you cross that line into, hey, we're going to leverage this goodwill that we, yeah. that we built with you. We're going to leverage it prematurely or we're going to leverage it in an inappropriate way. Mm. You, 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 there's almost no, there's no amount of money that you can spend to get it back. Uh, right, and right. So we, and there is a, to be clear though, there is a time and place for that. <laughs> we're, we're all for direct messaging, right? And, and there is so much to be said about podcast monetization, but that's a different conversation in terms of branded content. It's really about your relationship with the brand. Yeah. And you, and you don't want to violate that trust. It's, 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 it's delicate in a way. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like this is not, this is not public media and, and we work with a lot of journalists and we take a, a, a journalistic lens to this, but you need to have the, the brand strategy and the comms goals and, and the strategic goals overlaid with that and, and in tension with that, right? You need to have your, your voice, whether it's a, a, a journalist or whoever your host is, you need to have um, that, uh, that, that comms strategy, like who, mm-hmm. what are we trying to communicate brand value wise in there? And then you also need to have that value. You need to have that, that circle of, of content marketing. And it, when those three things are working in concert, when there's a healthy tension between those in the center of those three, you will have really good branded content that provides value for the brand that provides value for the listener. Um, and that also has like a true voice uh, that isn't that isn't just store bought that isn't just Siri you know that isn't just written by by AI. You want to have insight in there so that your voice, uh, whoever that voice is, gets a chance to resonate as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's such that's so well said. Um, and I think in terms of in terms of the narrative options, I kind of want to talk about that because you have you know this big creative background both commercially and professionally with some of the work that you've done from a more creative standpoint. Um, so what are, what are some narrative options that brands have, right? You know, we've talked about values. We've talked about wanting to, you know, be clear in your message and, and build that audience trust. Um, but what are some styles of branded podcasts that companies can explore? Yeah, it's some different formats. Um, you know, you can, you can do sort of the, the traditional panel discussion or, or, you know, one person interview, interviewed by, by a host, but even when, you know, when I say just, if you're doing it right, there's a, there's a framework behind it. And, and from episode to episode, you're giving folks a shape of a show and you're giving them, you're, you're allowing them to understand how to, to be oriented subconsciously or otherwise, as they're moving throughout the show. Okay. Now we're up top. Now we're okay. This is when the theme comes on. Now we're going to do this, you know, this upfront clip, um, I know that during the midpoint rebrand that something's going to, we're going to go to a second guest after this. I know that the questions that they're asking this, this guest in this industry are still going to be reflective of the show's values because the show itself needs to have values and voice and 